welcome everyone to the Neil World Order podcast. Coming to you from a snowy, sad evening here in the Southern Comfort Zone. Guess we might as well get the elephant in the room out of the way. Wow. Uh, you know, if there's any absolutes in life, it's taxes, death, and that the uh, Green Bay Packers are going to lose in the playoffs and destroy all the hopes and dreams of their fans. This one is brutal. Because honestly, I don't think we had any reason to lose this game. San Francisco's honestly not a very good team. Um, we were outcoached. Our special teams were complete shit. Uh, we had a blocked field goal, a blocked punt for a touchdown, a couple bad punts. Um, you know, special teams have been terrible all year for anyone who fires, who follows the Packers. Our special teams coordinator should have been fired probably around week eight. Uh, I think the decision to stick with Maurice Drayton or whoever it is uh, shows a lack of leadership on Lafleur's part, or maybe it was up to the GM, whatever. But I think someone needs to answer answer for that besides the coordinator. It's clear we need to fire Crosby. And at this point, I wouldn't be disappointed in getting rid of Lafleur. I mean, he wins a lot of regular season games, but at the end of the day, he doesn't win games that matter. I mean, you want to win playoffs, you want to win championships, and I mean, this was probably our last year, let's be real. I think Aaron's gone, I think he's seen enough, um, I, I, I don't know if I can blame him. You know, I feel for Devontae, because they're probably going to franchise tag him. There's not a lot of salary room for them to do anything, so they're almost going to have to go into rebuild, which just means we become the Detroit Lions for the next 20 years. Um, you know, we had opportunities in the last 10 or so, however many years, 15 years we've had Aaron Rodgers to win multiple championships. And somehow, some way, we've always managed to lose. Um, this one was just like a complete clusterfuck. I thought uh, LaFleur was completely outcoached by Kyle Shanahan. And it's, I mean, I guess it would make sense. The guys are best friends. They've worked together in multiple organizations. So you think they would knew, know what each other are doing or going to do. Clearly, Shanahan was a better student than LaFleur. Um, and it played out today. I thought our defense had some good moments, but they also, you know, the secondary was terrible. Uh, we had good pass rush. I think we had five sacks. But, I mean, how Tennessee sacked Joe Burrow nine times today. And still lost. You know, maybe I think Tennessee dumps Ryan Tannehill after this year because that's single-handedly the reason they lost. That would be an excellent landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you want the truth, there's a team with a stud running back, great receivers, um, an organization's commitment to putting players on the field and paying them, a good offensive line, great town. Um, it's in the AFC. You know, it may be the change of scenery he's looking for. Uh, there's also, you know, a lot of people talking about Pittsburgh. I just, I don't think he stays after this. I think it's just a look, get me out of here. You know, we just can't get this done in the playoffs. Send me somewhere else. And I don't blame him for any of this. I thought the protection he had was weak. I thought some of the play calling was terrible. Um, 
it doesn't seem like the play calling adjusted at all to what San Francisco was doing. If anything, we constantly played into what they were doing. Uh, you know, and even as the weather got bad, I think AJ Dillon getting hurt was a big was was hard for us because there went our you know up the gut runner, a guy five to seven yards of carry. Aaron Jones is great, but once the weather gets crap, that's just not who he is. But this is a game we should have won. Uh, you know, it should have been twenty-one nothing at halftime, and it was <laughs> what was it seven to three? It was like a baseball score. It was brutal. Um, this one stings, you know, and it's it's that part of being a fan where, like, as much as you love your team and cheer for you, you honestly, only, 99% of being a fan is disappointment. You know, it's them losing, blowing championships, or maybe not, you know, if you're Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, or, I don't know, whatever, you know, you go to other cities uh, and other leagues. I mean, the Detroit Tigers stink. The Red Wings are bad now. Um you know, and your teams always lose. I'd almost rather stink every year than do this. And, and I, maybe that sounds like, you know, not appreciate, but like, what's the point of a half measure? You know, for years, I just thought the Packers were built to get into the playoffs, maybe win one game and lose, and then always have the fans thinking, oh, we'll get them next year. You know, in the last couple of years, it looks like, okay, hey, we got we got a talent, you know. This year, I thought, okay, we've got the defense fixed. We got fucking special teams. And the special teams have sucked here since McCarthy was coach. You go all the way back, and he had three or four special teams. Court. At least he tried to address it. And I hate to give Mike McCarthy credit for anything, but he went through special teams coaches. Um, LaFleur let the same clown fuck us all season long. I'm sorry, I'm a... Uh, few beers deep, uh, had some beers with my buddy Ray and watched the game, uh, cracked open a bottle of Old Smoky white chocolate strawberry cream moonshine, I'm telling you, this shit is amazing, tastes like strawberry chocolate milk, uh, which sounds weird to say, like strawberry milk, I didn't even realize there was, a, I guess it's white chocolate is why, but the, this stuff is good, uh, there's hardly anything left in this jar. Me and Ray put down most of it. Uh, he's heading off to Kentucky for five weeks. He is uh, serving the country and protecting our freedom. Thank you, Ray. But, yeah, the, uh, man, those games today, like, my picks were Tennessee and Green Bay, and I got bent over and raw-dogged with no lube in the ass today because ten Tennessee laid a turd, uh, and Green Bay was – Apparently, it was like, here, hold my beer, because Cincinnati and San Francisco, neither one of them are very good teams. But teams sometimes just, I mean, you got to play 60 minutes, you know, any given Sunday. So, there's more games tomorrow. I'll have to admit my enthusiasm for the season is gone. And, you know, and this every year. And I think this one, like I said, is just tougher because I was like, oh, man, we were probably, we, we got a hell of a shot this year. Like, and then we fucking lose. Like, like that. Like, good fucking God. Like, what was 13? Like, that's, that's a terrible score to a game that, like I said, we should have been up 21 points at one point. And it just, oh, you know, and it's snowing again here. Uh, we drove back 
from the snow. Kai drove, obviously, because I've been enjoying some beverages all night. Um, yeah, it looks like, I don't know, I think we're supposed to get, I don't know, maybe five inches by Monday, six inches. I don't know. There's a couple out there right now. It's all powdery. I mean, that's the issue. It's been so cold that it's not the wet snow, and that's fine because the wet snow's a mess. <sighs> I'm pretty tired. It's all. Wow, it's already midnight, so technically it's Sunday already. Late start because of a late game. Uh, so, yeah, that was, I don't know. I mean, I just... It's really, and the worst part was like I predicted everything when we got the ball, and it's like they're not going to get, they're not going to get a touchdown here, they're not going to get the field goal, it's going to get blocked, or he's going to fucking miss it, and everyone was laughing because everything I said was right, and that that's what we do. Like if you've watched this team, it's so fucking predictable, you know. And I guess that's you feel like a, it's like an abusive relationship. I feel like I keep taking them back, thinking they've changed, but. They don't change. Same shit, you know. And ah, it's just a—it's a kick in the dick. I tell you what, I—I'm getting to where I hate sports. I'm telling you, all it is is one letdown after another. I'm gonna ask the Packers to be my pallbearer, so when I die, so they can let me down one last time. Stole that from Ray, who was secretly enjoying the game because he's a Bears fan. So I guess it could be worse as a Packer. Crazy thing, uh, totally unrelated. I don't know. I'm thinking about food. So, a while back, and we talked about getting one of these forever. Kai wanted this Ninja Griller. It's kind of like I don't know. It looks like a huge like George Foreman old school grill kind of thing, except it's it's totally different. But it's kind of the same principle. Remember the George Foreman grills back in the day, where you'd make your burgers in there, just squish the grease everywhere, and it really wasn't that convenient. This thing is bomb-ass. The first thing she made in it were some uh, burgers a couple weeks ago. And they were like the best burgers ever. And I was like, damn. You know, so then uh, after that we graduated. I think we did chicken, which I'm terrible at cooking chicken on a on the gas grill. I swear to God, I always fucking burn the chicken. I've tried putting foil down. I've tried like the little copper mat. No matter what I do, it always comes out like shit. My uh, father-in-law can grill the hell out of some chicken. Uh, so can Adam, uh, but me, nope, never could, never could make a decent chicken, or decent chicken on the grill, so then she made some chicken one night, we tried to make a pot roast in the crock pot, and that went, oh my god, it was so terrible, one, we probably don't know what we're doing, and just did it wrong, um, or maybe pot roast sucks, I don't know, my mom made it when I was a kid, I always seemed, I thought I enjoyed it, but I don't know. So, yeah, we got this Ninja Grill, and it's huge. You know, it's like, I don't know, the size of a small microwave, maybe. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But, yeah, so then we did pork chops in it. You know, we were kind of going step by step just to see what we could do. Pork chops were phenomenal. It cooks things fairly quickly. That's the beauty of it, being, like, all electric or whatever. It's kind of like your grilling air fryer kind of thing. Uh, and then this week, she graduated to finally doing some steaks in it because we felt confident that hey everything we've made in it's been really good so far so let's try this and they were phenomenal completely juicy literally tastes like you had thrown it on the grill and i know that's hard for people to say oh no the grill's the grill but um they i don't know they sell these things at kohl's or wherever and uh great investment like she's been making great food on it 
and I'm spoiled by the time she takes to figure these things out and do it to make dinner better for me, for us, I guess. She doesn't cook just for me, let's be real. Um, but, yeah, so if you've been looking at one of those or thinking about getting it, and I don't even know, is that what it's called, the Ninja Griller? The box is over here on the floor behind me, but I can't really see it because the flap is over it. But it's a great thing. Check it out. Maybe you like it. Maybe you won't, especially in the winter when you can't really go out. I mean, I guess you can go out and grill, but I don't see the point in freezing my ass off when we could just do this. But anyways, so yeah, I'm sitting here drinking away uh, Packers loss and thinking about next year. I'm actually not thinking about next year. I'm thinking about why the fuck do I even care because it's just disappointing. Um... Speaking of losses, um, 2002, or uh, 2022, wow, sorry, uh, took another legend from us the other day. It's rock and roll icon Meatloaf, a.k.a. Michael Lee Adai, eventually changed, he was originally Marvin Lee Adai, changed his name to Michael some uh, years ago, passed away at the age of 74. Uh, TMZ had reported that COVID was the cause of death. But, um, you know, the last few years, if we've learned anything, that means he could have been struck by lightning and still called a COVID death. Uh, I do believe it was said that he was unvaccinated, not that being vaccinated, no one's really vaccinated, but uh, not that that would have saved you, anyone. Uh, Meatloaf was, was huge in the world of music, if you think about it. He sold over 65 million albums worldwide. Actually, I think it's 80 million. I'm sorry, I misread that. Uh, he had a voice that could kind of shake a room. He did like, you know, was known for his amazing live performances, very theatrical, and he just had like this commanding stage presence, uh, you know. And it was really his live concert performances which kind of gave him his iconic status. You know, you get those artists where some of them just really translate to being live. Um, his classic album. Bad Out of Hell is regarded as one of the greatest rock albums of all time. And that's a hell of a list to be on. You know, and you think, okay, yeah, was it though? It's the third highest selling album of all time. That album alone sold has sold 40 million copies. And get this, still to this day and age, it averages 200,000 200, copies sold a year. 40 years later. That's insane. Um, you know, and that makes it obviously one of the most commercially successful albums of all time. And it's crazy to think about that, right? I know we were just talking about it last week about having longevity with your music and, you know, what that says about the genius of an artist and how people can make things that connect. And it's all these years, it's still there. I mean, it's, it's kind of fascinating in a way. Uh, you know, Bad Out of Hell had the hits Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, which is an eight-minute rock opera. Uh, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, which was, I believe, his most successful hit until 1994's I Would Do Anything for Love, which we all know the words to that song uh, and have sang it or joked about it at some point in our lives. Um, I think it's been featured in commercials over the years. Um 
you know, the, the Bad Out of Hell also featured the title track, Bad Out of Hell, as well as Heaven Can Wait. Um, Meatloaf appeared in, in countless movies and TV shows over the years. I think he had 50 to 80 credits as far as television, um, Broadway, and film. Uh, appear, you know, he had roles in uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, obviously, Fight Club. His name was Robert Paulson. Uh, Black Dog, Spice World. You know, and as far as TV shows, he'd appeared on South Park, House, Glee, Monk, and most recently, Elementary. Um, and it's crazy to think, wow, you see that a lot, you know, like where pe musicians go into film, TV, or sometimes artists go into music. It doesn't always work that well. Some people are multifaceted, I guess, and have great success at both. You know, you get your Justin Timberlake's. Your uh, Milos, your Marky Mark. I'm just kidding, but um, kind of some interesting things about Meatloaf. Um, these were things I didn't know uh, when I was kind of looking up and doing research about him. He was actually offered the lead lead singer spot in the band Foreigner. He turned it down to stay with producing partner and writer Jim Steinman. Uh, he was actually the runner up to John Belushi to play Bluto in the 1974 National Lampoon's classic Animal House, which that's, I hadn't, like, that's crazy. You think about Bluto and, you know, that role being something that just kind of made John Belushi, like, Bluto is etched in all, all of our memories, anyone who's seen that movie. Um, his son-in-law is, uh, Anthrax's Scott Ian, um, Meatloaf had said that he's had over 18 concussions and a skull fracture throughout his life. Uh, that's a lot. Like, that's, like, severe brain damage CTE. Um, he never actually enjoyed eating meatloaf, and he was actually vegan at the time of his death. You know, um, it's sad. Not that he was vegan. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But, um, you know, I guess we're fortunate that when we lose a musician or, you know, anyone of any form of artist that we always kind of have their, their body of work to enjoy. Uh, so, you know, play a little meatloaf and maybe let's hope that, uh, 2022 quits taking people from us. Unfortunately, we also lost comedian Louis Anderson as well. He was 68 years old. I'm not sure. I didn't see the cause of his death. But that's, you know, a sad loss, too. But, yeah, you know, crazy year so far. Betty White, Bob Saget, Meatloaf. Damn. So, speaking of terrible losses, um, I guess that's going to be the theme for the show, right? Thanks to the Green Bay Packers. Now, so, Biden celebrated one year in office by, I don't know if anyone saw any of highlights is a bad word to use the um, I don't know the clips from his incomprehensible press conference the other day where he touted things he didn't accomplish and didn't address the things he did accomplish you know like um, an overrun border highest inflation in 40 plus years 
supply chain disaster, terrible economy, lower approval ratings than Jimmy Carter, and uh, a lot from his own party. The death of his Build Back Better bill, which we'll all be better for. There's literally no positive thing Biden can claim about the last year. Except maybe staying alive, sort of. Um, you know, and the Dems were obsessed with this Voting Rights Act that we talked about last week. And, you know, and here's my final take on that. Am I the only one who finds it sketchy that the guy who got more votes than anyone in history believes that there's actual voter suppression? I mean, that's just a thought, but, like, picture that. Does he really think, I mean, one, he, I guess he probably actually believes he's, he got 81 million votes, but that there was more votes out there that he would have got? If, if this guy gets a million votes the next go-round, I'm going to be disappointed in this country, which sure I will be, but that because that's just the way it goes. As long as we have California and New York, no offense to the listeners that live there, you're always going to have a flood of stupid people that want to vote blue. You know, and I don't get it. What, what what do you vote? You know, tell me something you love about Biden without telling me something you hate about Trump or Republicans in general. You know, they'll come at you with this, oh, you know, Democrats aren't racist, even though Biden's pretty much been a racist his whole life. Um, or they'll throw the gay stuff out there. Or they uh, want to uh, kill babies and all that. But... Um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird, you know. But anyways. So, I was scrolling through random news things the other day, and I saw, like, a picture. So, you know, sometimes you see the picture, and you don't see, like, what the story is, and you're just like, what the hell is that? And it looked like a train wreck or something. Like, literally, like a train wreck. And um, it was actually railroad tracks in Los Angeles, and, like, shipping yards, where people are more like animals, and I mean like people acting like animals, not like actual animals, have been robbing and looting rail cars for weeks. And there's just like this sea of cardboard and trash uh, as these criminals have their way, you know, in the new no-cash bail state of California where they don't really can't be. And, you know, you got places like this in Chicago where people are just stealing and doing whatever they want because, you know, they can um, you know, and it, so if you haven't seen it, haven't seen it, like look into it and, you know, and think about it when your package is late, doesn't show up or whatever, it's probably because Tyrone took it out of the rail car and California officials were not pressed to do anything about this until the pictures and video went viral. So this has been going on for, I don't know, months. Um, and there's, which is, you know, further proof that the media works against the people, you would think this story would be on more than all the COVID nonsense, but, you know, people honestly in this country should not be allowed to rob and pillage without repercussions. Yet, in liberal-run areas, that's exactly how it is. And like I said, there's similar issues in Chicago, in other big cities, you know... There's no reason for these low lives to follow the law. They don't get punished. They get to cry about oppression and systematic racism. I mean, look at the Rittenhouse trial. One guy attacked him, came after him with a firearm, 
and tried to say he was the victim. Like, the guy was literally the definition of fuck around and find out. Well, he found out. That doesn't make you the victim. But we live in a society where we want to portray everyone that makes a poor choice and gets a poor poor result as some kind of, like, something put them there other than just being too stupid to make the right decision. You know, call me a hard ass, but, like, I guess I can't deal with all the excuses and sympathy that criminals get. I'm very anti-jail, anti-prison, and it's not in the way you think. I kind of see it like this. That if you need to be locked in a cage because of your terrible behavior, we don't really need you on this planet. Period. Because, I mean, you have to go out of your way to be a fuck-up in life. Like, it doesn't just happen naturally. You don't just, like, roll out of bed and say, yeah, I'm going to go rob a liquor store. It doesn't fucking happen. You choose it. You know, and you'll maybe, oh, look, I'm poor and I needed to eat. Okay, but instead of going back to, okay, why was this person poor? Why was this person struggling? It's like, oh, well, they were struggling. They were, the, like, that's the shit that, like, oh, it just creases me. Seriously. White chocolate, strawberry, cream, moonshine is the bomb. You know, it's all about choices, ultimately. Choices should come with accountability. We, honestly, we completely shun accountability in this day and age. And me, personally, I'll never understand why. Like, why is it so bad to make people have to take accountability for the things they do? You know, like, where, where, why is it bad? And I, I got nothing. I wish I could tell you, you know, and I don't think, I worry that that may only get worse. As far as, you know, it starts in the education system. It starts in the way people parent. You know, like, every time people say kids are terrible and this and that nowadays, like, kids haven't changed in the last 30 years. Parents have changed. You know, and it's people that... I don't know, man. Sorry, I'm still coping with the loss of the uh, Packers. It's very troubling. Um, <laughs> white people problems, right? Imagine the worst thing in your life is a football team you root for just lays a fucking turd when you knew they were gonna. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's about all I got, honestly. I wish I had more for you, but it's been one of those days, I tell you, looking forward to getting up tomorrow and going and uh, using my new snowblower for only the second time since I bought it, my wife was like, aren't you glad you bought the snowblower, and I'm not m making fun of the way she talks or anything, but I was like, yeah, I'll totally spend that kind of money to not have to deal with snow, to me, that's uh, money well spent, I don't think she saw it the same way, but that's okay. We can have different ideas. So, yeah, more snow, more cold, tax season right around the corner. So, everybody, uh, get your stuff together, file your taxes, um, let the government tell you you make too much money and not give you a lot. Woohoo! All right, well, hit the merch site, uh, buy some t shirts. Promo code FJB99 gets you free shipping uh, until further notice. And, um, I don't know. I'd tell you to go root for a team, but 
this point, I honestly don't care who wins. So drink up, have a great night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.